Hidden headlines. No one brings God into the news like this. Brian Sussman reporting. This is news for the second week of November, election week. First of all, we addressed the tragedy, the awful shooting that took place in Thousand Oaks, California. I'm recording this on Thursday, so this happened last night, Wednesday night. Twelve people dead. The shooter apparently killed himself. One of those wounded, also a police officer who happened to be off-duty and a sheriff who came on the scene. Tragedy for sure. Received word that a very good friend of ours, my wife and myself, a very good friend of ours, grandchild, was planning on attending. She goes to Pepperdine University nearby. She did not go with her girlfriends. And very, very sadly, one of her girlfriends did not make it out alive. So I just want to encourage you to pray for all those impacted by this catastrophe. Um, This is just a very, very awful situation, and it obviously is our lead story. We move on to other topics, and of course, the other topics would be the election. Voters in Alabama approved an amendment that would establish in the state's constitution the right to display the Ten Commandments, are you ready for this, on government property if desired. 71% of voters approved what was known as Amendment 1 on Tuesday. That also applies to public schools. Can you imagine? Now, I don't know where you're listening to this podcast from, but I live in California. (laughs) If, if the Ten Commandments were displayed on government property, including a public school, I mean, you would see, you, you would see, literally, I mean, can I say this? You would see all hell break loose. And, and really, what drives this hatred of the Ten Commandments? It's the devil himself. What is so offensive about the Ten Commandments? These are all great words to live by. None of us will live up to all of these things. I mean, even in our own little heart of hearts, right? We're we're thinking bad stuff all the time, but this is a great standard. So kudos to the people in Alabama. Um, I'm reading here a summary of the amendment. It says, Amendment 1 does two things. First, it provides that a person is free to worship God as he or she chooses. My gosh, in California, you couldn't say that either. You couldn't say as he or she chooses. You'd have to use a a ton of different words. He, she, it, they, um, shim, him. I I can't keep track with all the the different pronouns. But you know what I'm saying here, folks. And, And we'll get into a story about that in just a bit as well. But first, it provides that a person is free to worship God as he or she chooses. And that a person's religious beliefs will have no effect on his or her civil or political rights. Second, again, reading from the amendment outline, second, it makes clear that the Ten Commandments may be displayed on public property so long as the display meets constitutional requirements, such as being displayed along with historical or educational items. Amendment 1 also provides that no public funds may be used to defend this amendment in court. So there you go. And... um, the Alabama Constitution will now be amended to read like this. Every person shall be at liberty to worship God according to the dictates of his or her conscience. 
No person shall be compelled to attend or against his or her consent to contribute to the erection or support of any place of religious worship or to pay tithes, taxes, or other rates for the support of any minister of the gospel. Wow, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Alabama, good for you. Good for you. Next, this is a story. uh, This is coming to us from the College Fix. And again, all of these stories are up at briansussman.com. Just click on the tab that says blogs. And uh, this is a full array of stories from this week that have been in the news that nobody really is talking about except for me and the uh, publications that are pushing these. For example, and I use the word push uh, purposefully here because colleges are pushing dangerous abortion drugs. So two reports from the College Fix about the easy access to abortion drugs on college campuses. Uh, The bottom line is, this is the the morning after pill, as it's known. Actually, the morning after pills, because there are two pills involved. But this is ghoulish. The whole practice of abortion, in my particular mind, is, is a ghoulish practice. Now, I stop and I pull back, and I say this to anyone who's ever had an abortion. First of all, you know that God forgives you beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know that. Um, and, and the blood of Jesus, the atoning blood of Yeshua, the Messiah, the Savior, will cover your sins. So you know that. And uh, that said, this abortion industry is, is really encouraging young women to take these pills and get these procedures. And I, I think it's ghoulish. I think it's straight from the pit of hell. But these morning-after drugs, you know, there was a time that you could only get the morning-after drug if it had been verified via a sonogram that you were 10 weeks or less pregnant. Now it's just, well, yeah, I, I, I think I'm 10 weeks press, uh, pregnant or less. And so then they'll give you the pills. The problem is, and I've heard this from a dear friend of mine who runs a, uh, a crisis pregnancy clinic here in um, the Bay Area which is, I think it's actually called a Pregnancy Resource Center. And she tells me of the young girls who come in all the time with PTSD, completely traumatized, because they were able to get one of these pills at school. They'll, they'll give them away. Schools will give them away. Now the, the colleges are giving them away. In fact, there's an article, again, it's all at briansussman.com, an article that I've included in this uh, from the University of California, Santa Barbara, where they have a, a, a morning-after pill vending machine. A vending machine. These are very dangerous, powerful pills, by the way. But some women do get PTSD because once the cramping begins, and uh, that's how Planned Parenthood describes it, they said it's like a, a very crampy period, like a crampy period. Once the violent cramps ensue and uh, and, a, and a spontaneous abortion takes place, um, sometimes these women are witness to something that's far beyond 10 weeks. And when they see the little baby, they are completely traumatized. So just an awful story and just another cause to pray. And there's never been a Planned Parenthood facility that I didn't pass by in my car or on the sidewalk that I didn't curse in the name of Yeshua. All right, we're continuing now. In the news, graduation prayers in the crosshairs. Oh, my goodness, to pray at a graduation. How dare we? How dare we bless these students with prayer? 
Civil rights group filed a complaint against two Michigan colleges after the commencement speaker prayed during their commencement speeches. Muskegon Community College, one of the trustees, gave a prayer to school graduates late in May. So all of a sudden, last month, October, the Michigan Association of uh, Civil Rights Activists filed a complaint against the school, said it was unconstitutional. Then there's another school that this same civil rights organization is going at, Jackson College, for a similar prayer during its commencement ceremony. You know, if anybody needs prayer in this day and age, it's people graduating school, college. All right, you've got your education. Go out there and go for it. And here's a prayer along the way. I would encourage that. I mean, my goodness, even if I... Even if I wasn't necessarily a religious person or a Christian or a, a, a Messianic Jew or a, a Jew who's not Messianic, just pray for me. That's, that's cool. Good. Thank you. If that's your way of encouraging me as I'm starting my life, I'll take it. Another story in the news this morning has to do with uh, an Ohio professor who was placed under investigation for declining, are you ready for this? Declining to address a male student who identifies as a female with feminine uh, pronouns. So now there's a suit. There's a suit. This is uh, Dr. Nicholas Merriweather. He's a philosophy professor at Shawnee State University in Ohio. He says that for many, many years, he's referred to his students as Mr. or Miss or Sir or Ma'am as a way of teaching his students how to be respectful. So this is a philosophy teacher teaching students how to be respectful to each other, especially in environments where there's sharp disagreements. So if you're having a political discussion, we will address you as Mr. or Miss, Sir or Ma'am. My goodness, don't they even do this in Congress, I believe? Anyway, in January, during this is so now we're, we're going back in time here to the beginning of the year. It is political philosophy class. He responded to a male student's question with a yes, sir, but was approached by the student after class who advised that he identifies as, identifies as female and he wants to be referred to with a feminine pronoun. So according to the legal challenge, Professor Merriweather thought for a moment and then told the student he was not sure if he could comply with the request. So how did the student respond? The student consequently became angry and spouted a vulgarity in Mr. Merriweather's face. And he threatened to have the professor fired if he could not be referred to as a woman. Okay, let me just back up once again. Again, this is the Hidden Headlines podcast. Okay, nobody talks about God the way we do in this podcast. Uh, may I take you back to, oh, I don't know, the first book of the Bible, Genesis? <laughs> we've, we've already talked about the Ten Commandments in this podcast. So now I'm going to take you to, it's the first chapter, verse 27. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image. I'm reading from the complete Jewish Bible, one of my favorite translations. David Stern is a, a Jewish guy who put together this brilliant, brilliant translation of both uh, the the Torah, the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures, and what we commonly refer to as the New Testament. It's brilliant. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them 
and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Now, let me back up. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So first was the man. In the image of God, he created him. And then he created male and female. Male and female. Him and her. He and she. Both created in the image of God. Proving that God has attributes that are found in both man and woman. And on top of that, uh, what do we have in common with God? We're created in his image. What do we have in common with God? We have in common with God the fact that we know good and evil. Good and evil. And some end up choosing the evil and some choose the good. And even those who choose the good screw up every once in a while. And that's why we need a Savior. And that's why he provided us with a Savior in that of Jesus, our Messiah. So gender is established in the first book of the Bible. That's what God does, and he doesn't make mistakes. And for those who feel that they need to be referred to by another pronoun, I'm just telling you, the Lord really can, if I say fix that, is that over the top? The Lord really can bring healing to that individual so that they will embrace the person that God created them to be. Okay, next story in the news. Uh, This comes to us from China Aid, China Aid. Uh, police in China are going after Christian churches again. This is they, they ramp up and then they quiet down and they're on a ramp up once again. So this is just a cause to pray uh, because the church in, in um, China is once again under persecution, ramped up persecution. You know, it's very biblical. Whenever there is persecution of God's people, what happens? The faith flourishes. Numbers grow. People become stronger in their faith. And I'm reminded of a, of a conversation I had with um, Jim Daly. Jim Daly runs Focus on the Family. And uh, we were having a beautiful conversation near the San Francisco airport a couple years ago. And he had just come back from China, and he was, he was able to pray with Christian leaders in China. And, and he said, uh, well, listen, um, guys, how can I pray for you? And through a translator, they told him how they could pray for, how he could pray for them. And then um, there was an awkward moment, and he said, well, would you like to know how to pray for me? And, and they stopped him, and they said, well, we already know how to pray for you. We pray for you the same, we pray, same way we pray for all Christians in America. Oh, really? How is that? We pray that you will be persecuted. So that's, that's what's happening. Uh, they're praying for us to be persecuted. Why? Because when there is persecution... The good news of Yeshua HaMashiach, the good news of Jesus the Messiah, flourishes. And there are more converts made. And those who are already converted, those who already believe, become stronger in their faith. So, for our friends in China, we are praying for their safety. We are praying for their well-being. We are praying that many, 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 many people will continue to come to know the Savior in China. And then finally, if you'll go to briansussman.com, Earlier this week, I posted something on having a prayer life. It's a nice little article entitled, How to Pray and Hear His Voice. It's from a CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network. Excellent article. But in a nutshell, may I encourage you to become more active in your prayer life? You know, this is our direct connection with our Creator. Think about that. The very one who created us. 
the very one who loves us more than anyone could ever imagine, we have an ability to communicate with that one. And he hears his, he hears our voice. Um, so the way to do this, really, some people say, oh, I'm praying all the time. Well, I hope that you are. I, just all day long, be praying. But there's also that moment in time where it's good just to get away and shut down and uh, shut off the world and just be alone with him. And uh, I recommend you make that, create a habit, create a habit. For, for some people, it's first thing in the morning. Just get up, get a cup of coffee, get out the Word of God, read, take a moment to pray. Uh, some folks like to take prayer walks, just get out and walk and talk to God. Whatever it is, create a habit out of that. And I'm telling you something, your life's not going to be better. It's not, it's not like a magic potion where, oh, geez, if you say these words and repeat these, these things, no, 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 no. This is real conversation. Your life will be better because your relationship will be stronger with him. All right. Hidden Headlines, the Hidden Headlines podcast. Nobody talks about God like this. Listen, put out the word, my friends, because I have a feeling that this will continue to grow over time. In fact, I know it will as we do this soft launch with Hidden Headlines. But tell people that it comes out every Thursday, briansussman.com. And by the way, again, all of these stories, all of these stories that I've talked about today are found on the blog at briansussman.com. Until next week, have a good one.